Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome back, listeners, new and old, and I'm not talking about age. There are some of you that have been with us since the beginning, and there's some of you that are brand new, at least hopefully you're brand new, in discovering our wonderful podcast. My name is Matt. I am your host. Some of you might know me. I've been in the Prescott area for 11 years now. That doesn't really matter, though, because uh, my co-host is not from Prescott. He is from the far reaches of outer space, Mysterious Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome, new and old. So, Mike, speaking of new and old, let's go ahead and let our frequent listeners under understand our i guess our new uh syndication i guess syndication is a good way to put it because we're not paying them and they're not paying us we're just kind of doing this mutual so that our listeners will go to their website and some of their readership will go and listen to our podcast and that is a local news website here in that covers the prescott area they're mostly based out of prescott valley but that is the website signalsaz.com Ooh, tell me more. So SignalsAZ.com was started by basically Brad Fain and Guy Rogerson with Torrance Dunham thrown in, and they report on the news of the local Prescott area. They don't really do much in the way of spot news. They do more feature stories and uh, bigger news, like, say, recently it was announced that we're getting a new airline while we're getting an airline back at the Prescott airport. And so that was a big story for everyone on that one. And they had that up on their site. Oh, okay. That's real cool. So we are actually on their website under signalsaz.com. You'll see a kind of a bar across the top. It's a menu. Best way to describe it as a menu, but it looks like just a little bar that goes across If you find the tab that says columns and you click on that, and if you look down, we are under the columns tab under Real Film Nerds. So if you click on that, you will get a whole bunch of our podcasts that you can listen to right there and then on their website. Wow, that's awesome. For those of you who are joining us from Signal's website and you like to take podcasts on the go, listen to them in the car, on your phone, whatever – We are anywhere and everywhere that you find podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, uh, Google, whatever they call the Google. I think it's just Google Podcasts. It used to be Google Play, but Google Podcasts app on all of your Android phones. All you got to do is look for The Real Film Nerds and you can subscribe right there. And every single one of our new episodes will be downloaded right to your phone or iPad or computer or whatever you listen to us on. Wow. So anyways, great, great, great info. Lots and lots and lots of information for our new listeners. So sorry to get a little off track there. People that have been with us forever that want us to get to our review and our very first tributary ever, which I guess I probably should explain as well. A tributary is much like our legacy cast. It's just a fun name for a different kind of movie. 
Um, our legacy casts are movies that are not currently in the theater. It's usually a classic movie, but it doesn't have to be. It could be that year. It's just something that is not in the theaters at the time of our recording. So legacy casts could be like our most recent one was Jaws. Well, that's from 1975. So hence, it's a legacy movie from classic. Another word for a classic. Well, a tributary is a movie... We're still discussing if we're going to do shows, but I personally think we should just stick to movies because that's what we do. But it's a movie that you can find on one of the many streaming services, and that's where you can only find it. You can't, you know, go and see it in the movie theater. So it's like Netflix Originals or Amazon Prime Originals or HBO or Showtime or Stars or one of the many, many, many streaming services or Hulu. It's one of those. And so this is our very first one of those, and it is a Netflix original. Mike, what is our first tributary movie? So the first movie that we're doing for this tributary series is Anon. Uh, it was released in 2018. Um, it was released in May of 2018. And uh, the story is in a near future world where there is no privacy or ignorance Our private memories are recorded, and crime almost ceases to exist. In trying to solve a series of unsolved murders, Sal Freeland uh, stumbles onto a young woman who appears to have subverted the system and disappeared. She has no identity, no history, and no record. Sal realizes it, it may not be the end of crime, but the beginning. Known only as the girl... She must be found before Sal becomes the next vi- victim. Uh, this movie is starring Clive Owen as uh, Sal Freeland and Amanda Seyfried as the girl. And uh, it's written and directed by Andrew Nichol. All right. Thanks for that, Mike. So what did you think of Anon? So I, I like this movie. I really like the, the visuals of this near future world where everything is seen. You almost have like a overlay on your, your eyes where you just see all these advertisements, kind of a minority report-esque. And uh, you know like everything about people and stuff because when you're walking, it's just they're auto-identified and stuff. It's, it's, that was really, really well done. Yeah, I agree. I really enjoyed the look and the feel of this movie. It was uh, sci-fi is one of my favorite forms of movies. Um, I love technology. I love sci-fi. A lot of it predicts what's coming down the pipeline, what the future might hold. And this for sure is one of those movies. It's a lot of it's like Google Glass on steroids. You know, you know anything and everything about everyone you are constantly being fed information with or without your knowledge or being allowed or blocking it you know they have advertisements that are in the i guess they don't really explain if it's like a lens or if it's a computer that's installed in you or what yeah they don't explain how this all happens but everyone sees like stuff overlaid kind of like an augmented reality 
Right. It's it's for sure 100% augmented reality, which is coming down the pike for sure. Microsoft is one of the biggest ones working on aug- augmented reality. Now, there is a huge difference between augmented reality and virtual reality. Virtual reality, much like um, things like the PlayStation VR and uh, what's the one that Facebook is doing? Oh, I, I don't remember the name of the one that Facebook. Oculus? Yeah, Oculus. Oculus. Yeah, Oculus. Those two are more like a virtual world where everything is digital inside of it. Augmented reality is more of having information right there in front of you so you don't have to look away or you don't have to look it up. It just automatically does it. So, which in this movie, they use it very smart and very kind of creepy as well. Like, Uh, it starts out with, you know, Clive Owen walking down the street and it's literally telling you every single person's name, birth date, and like how many kids they have. And he's just walking down the street and it's just like information overload, man. And then he starts looking around and you see on the buildings, there's like an ad for Jägermeister and an ad for this. Yeah. No, yeah, it was like Heineken and Jägermeister, and yeah, there's a bunch of ads. Oh, it, right. was, it was well done, though. They're just like on the building. Like, it's just the building is white spaced for ads. I can't even imagine how long it took them to do that. But that's honestly, that's where we're going in this world of ours, is we're heading down that road of this aug- augmented reality where we'll know anything and everything we want to know without even having to remember anything. It's kind of crazy. But I I really liked it, and it was just it was scary at the same time. Yeah, it is scary because this seems close. This seems real close. Like the the description of an a near future. Yes, I think it's a hell of a lot closer than you know people realize. In my opinion, I think probably five to ten years we will have shit like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. Yes, I don't know if it'll be quite that soon, but uh, we definitely, I mean, we already have some augmented stuff, and uh, it's only going to get better, so, yeah. Right, the computing power is just going to get better, faster, and smaller, so then they can, you know, I don't think it'll be like in this movie, like, in this movie, they're not running around wearing weird-looking goggles or glasses or anything like that, like, it's in either their head, or it's, like, a contact lens, but you never see them take it out. But it's like, it has to be like some kind of like maybe uh, implant or something. I don't know. But it's always on and it's always recording. And you don't have privacy anymore. Period. Yeah, it's it seems like maybe when you're born, part of your being born is they put this thing in your eye. And from that point on, everything is recorded. Your whole visual experience is recorded of your whole life. Well, yeah, because there was that one scene where they were pulling up, uh, it was like a murder or something. Um, Clive Owen, Owen's character in the movie is a detective. And they were pulling up a murder. And I think the guy like shot some dude in the street or something. And so they pulled the video feed from the dude that got shot. And they pulled the feed of the guy that was doing the shooting. And then he was trying to argue that it was self-defense and that he had a gun and all this other shit. And his jacket, the guy that you know, lived and shot the other guy and Clive Owen pulls up the feed from an infant that's sitting there witnessing the whole thing. And I mean, it's a baby. It's like, like probably nine month old baby and it has an implant and watches this whole thing. And he pulls the feed up from that. And he was able to say, Oh no, no, we see in the feed from the infant that it was clearly not 
a gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's it is interesting uh, how kind of creepy all that stuff is. Like when people are trying to get away with stuff, and he's just like, "Nope, this is what happened. It's right here." Yeah, and he didn't screw around at all. He was a one hundred percent saying, "I did not, you know, I did this in self defense." And then the instant Clive Owen proves otherwise, he's like, flips a switch. Yes, I want a plea deal. <laughs> you know? He's like, oh, crap, I'm caught. I I love this movie, man. This is right up my alley. It makes you think. It, You know, I mean, after watching this, I sat there and I thought about it probably for the next couple days in and out, you know, about the ramifications this could have on my personal life, on the people around me, uh, you know, the, the positives and the negatives of having information like this at your fingertips, it's just, it was, it really had me thinking. And I think that really is what makes a good movie, is a movie that makes you think. Yeah, no, uh, it, it, you know, um, I kind of saw this, I believe uh, Netflix recommended this for me, which is not a surprise considering all the stuff that I watch. It's kind of sci-fi-esque. And uh, yeah, I... I really, uh, I really enjoyed this movie, and which is why I kind of, I, I believe I recommend. Did I recommend this one for the the tributary, the first one? Yeah, um, when we were discussing it, uh, what a couple of weeks ago, or so I was saying we need to do a tributary. We talked about it, but we haven't done one yet. And you're like, oh, let's do, uh, let's try this one. I'm like, I haven't even heard of that movie, which is kind of shows you how kind of screwed up Netflix is. Like it recommended it for you, but it didn't recommend it for me, which is interesting because if you look at my history, it's like the office and like Marvel and the different Marvel like series, like shows and stuff. And then it's like sci-fi, you know, like I, I'm working my way through lost in space and, you know, oh, yeah, they should have Star totally Wars and all that it. stuff. It, yeah, and it didn't. It wasn't even on my radar. Like, I had to look for it. I had to sit down and look for it. And then I put it on my list, and it, I couldn't even find it on my list, which is interesting. So I had to go through and just search, like, type search for it. Well, I know uh, Netflix has recently uh, overhauled their interface for finding stuff, because I believe you are not the only person who's having problems finding just new or different stuff on netflix because netflix has thousands of things but if you don't find it easily it's not there essentially right so and i don't use well i have an apple tv but i'm not a huge fan of it i hardly ever use my apple tv ever unless i have a movie that i got through itunes or whatever which is pretty rare for me most of my stuff i have on voodoo so anyways i love my roku it's a much better remote it's I like the interface a lot better, but the problem with the Roku is that the Roku's kind of the bastard stepchild of streaming devices. Like they update the Amazon Prime stick before they update the real Roku. And what sucks is that the Roku is completely independent. Like Amazon is the Prime stick and Apple has their Apple streaming stuff. Roku doesn't side with anybody. Roku is its own thing, which is what I like. Roku's like, yeah, you want to put that on our system? Sure, fine, make a channel. Oh, you want to put that on there? Sure, fine. So you get a lot more stuff on the Roku because they're not trying to favor their content because they really don't have content. Yeah, they're not trying to pick sides. They're like, ah, we'll just work for everything. It's up to yeah. you to choose. We'll just give it all to you. Enjoy. And I like that. 
But it, as I said, it has its pitfalls where it's like the last freaking thing updated, like on my direct TV. Now they're like, oh, it works on Amazon Prime Stick and it works on Apple TV. Roku coming soon. Yeah, man, uh, that sucks. And I think Roku's popular enough that it should have better support. But for reasons, I don't know. Well, the big thing now, I don't know if they cut a deal with these different manufacturers, but Google cut a deal for a while, and they were putting Chromecast natively in televisions. Well, recently, they have started putting Roku's natively inside televisions now, and people are just loving it because it has an interface. Chromecast really doesn't have an interface. you got to have your phone to be able to watch stuff on it. And so people are loving having a Roku built into their TV because it's fast and it's smart and you can add all these channels you don't have to go searching for the stuff it's great yeah i believe uh this company called tcl it's kind of a competitor to vizio uh they have been embedding the roku uh it's like a roku tv that so it's like roku powered and right. uh, yeah people are loving it and they're really reasonably priced and uh for what you get for the money it, it might be the best bang for the buck uh, right now it is TCLs, yeah. And you know where TCL comes from, right? I do not. TCL is a Chinese company. It is not a Korean company like most of our current television manufacturers. Oh. Well, is Vizio Korean or are they No, Vizio is technically American. Well, where's the stuff manufactured? A lot of it, well, okay. It depends what you mean by manufactured, because Vizio actually assembles their TVs in the United States. They get all the parts from around the world, and they assemble them in the United States. Now, I don't know where all the majority of their parts come from. Usually when it comes to TVs, usually talk about the panels. And typically, there's only two panel manufacturers, which is Samsung and LG. And Samsung and LG are both Korean. But that's... Fun fun fact on why TCL and everybody loves TCL so much. From what I've heard on my tech shows and podcasts and things I like to listen to and pay attention to, TCL basically gets the old panels from Samsung. So if oh. you buy a TCL television, you're in theory getting a couple year old Samsung TV. Oh, they're just buying like the older gen of right. their latest gen. Right, they're buying their older panels that Samsung doesn't want anymore and then putting their own case and Roku and all that stuff in it. Well, apparently it's working because uh, I've heard rave things about their 4K um, 4K 6 series. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know they're the number one selling television on Amazon. They're, it's one of their 55-inch. I think it's a 55-inch. Because, I mean, I was eyeballing it. Not that not that I'm going to ever buy a new TV until this one dies. I have a Samsung right now, and I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. But when it, uh, when it does finally kick the bucket because it's quite old, I will probably be looking at a TCL just because the quality and the bang for the buck. Yeah. So, anyways, again, for those of us who are just joining us, Mike and I get off topic a lot, but we discuss a lot of interesting things that – Apply to moviegoers, especially if you like to watch movies at home, like Anon on Netflix. Yes, yes. Uh, this movie, I, I enjoyed this movie so much. I, I thought it was so well done. 
And I, I wonder how well it's done on Netflix. Like, sometimes I wonder... I know Netflix knows, but they don't release any of that stuff. I just wonder if, if people like this movie. Uh, I told everyone I work with about it, but, you know, I don't know if they went and watched it, and I haven't heard anything. Well, the ratings on IMDb aren't great. The consensus rating on IMDb is 6 out of 10. So that's a, uh, I guess it's a passing grade. It's like a D, but I I don't know. I think it's better than that. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I freaking love Clive Owen. I absolutely, absolutely love Clive Owen. He's one of my more recent favorite actors. Well, I guess not that recent. Like, I really, really loved him in uh, Children of Men. I, I loved that movie. I thought that oh, movie yeah. was fantastic. That was a good movie. And then uh, Sin City. He was amazing in Sin City. Yes, that's another great one. Yeah, Clive Owen's great. I think that's part of the reason I watched this. I was like, oh, Clive Owen, oh, I'll give it a shot. I mean, I watched the trailer for it, uh, it like autoplayed or something on Netflix, and I was like, oh, that seems cool. And then I watched it, and I was like, I was blown away with how well the um, the scenes where you're in the first person and you see all this information, it's so well done. It's so good. And then when, you know, the uh, the scenes with the gun where it looks like a first-person video game, I think they purposely did that to make it look like that kind of video game style. You know, the gun looks a little fake. It doesn't look real. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I thought that was great. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some people just thought this movie, because this movie is mostly talking and thinking and maybe that's why it didn't get as much uh, great ratings it's not an action movie it never is touted an action movie it's it's a detective like thriller kind of dark whodunit kind of mystery movie and i like that it's a blend of a lot of different genres uh, i think that's pretty cool yeah speaking of that i don't so this is a, the i i i watched i watched it two times and the second time I picked this up, it's a little bit like Minority Report because the cop character is divorced and he's lost a child. And I was like, wow, it's kind of like Minority Report. And then this is kind of like a Minority Report world. But other than that, like, I mean, I was kind of like, I don't know. I just I saw that in there, but. It it is it, you know I could I could see that I could see some inspiration from Minority Report, but the you know Clive Owen not having his son in it you know being a major major factor to his character it really isn't it it becomes a factor later on with uh, the girl but it's not like a huge factor like Tom Cruise is in Minority Report like the kid in Minority Report like his son being killed was like almost all of Tom Cruise's motivation for that movie. And in this one, that's not really the motivation of Clive Owen. It's a side story, but it's not his motivation. It's not his main story. Right, right, right. But I could see how people would draw parallels and be like, this is just a rip off a minority report. It's not, but it's kind of shares some of this same things. But you're right. In, in Minority Report, it's such a major part of what drives uh, Tom Cruise's character in that movie. 
I think uh, this is smarter than Minority Report. I think my Minority Report is more about uh, the action and the drama and the the cop kind of thing. And in this one, I think this movie is blatantly about technology and the coming storm and the end of privacy. Okay. Yeah. 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 I I could agree. I mean, the the Minority Report did feature as much stuff for technology as it thought. I mean, Minority Report was made in uh, I believe two thousand. So at that time, that was what everyone was thinking all that stuff would do. But uh, you're right; it's still mostly just an action movie, you know, cop cop type movie. And this one was more about, uh, you know, the future and how technology is going to end privacy forever. Yeah, exactly. And it's the social commentary that this movie has on our current world, especially with privacy and all the leaks of like Facebook and Twitter. Well, I don't think Twitter's had a leak, but you know, the, the multiple social medias with their different leaks and the, uh, Home Depot and Target and, oh yeah, just yeah. everything being hacked and taken advantage of and really being able to see how little privacy everyone really has now in this new internet age. Uh, I think this really brings it to light on what really could happen down the road. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely, I mean, this movie seems very close. All right. So Mike, to get us back on kind of our, uh, our train of thought, I mean, but that's an inter- interesting discussion. You and I can talk about that all day long. Cause we're both big time tech heads. At least I, you know, I am. And I know you are cause you work in it. So yes, yes. Uh, I definitely enjoy all the tech stuff. So, Mike, how does Anon relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, So we have uh, Billy Perot. He's an actor, uh, and he was in The Incredible Hulk, which, Matt, does that one count? That's what I thought it did. Which Incredible Hulk are you talking about? The one that has... um, uh, Oh, uh, American History X. Um... Edward Norton? Yeah, Edward Norton. I believe the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk movie is considered part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I do not think the Eric Bana one is, though. No, no. I would have to it's not look. not that one. It's but the... I don't think it is. Yeah, it's the Edward Norton one. And uh, then he was uh, uh, also an actor in Anon. You, you know, it has it has to count the Edward Norton one because they have a, uh, what do they call him, a teaser, a burner, or whatever it is, after the credits. What the, What's the technical term for that shit? I always call it a burner. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, I don't know, man. Um, I've always just said after credit preview or after credit, uh, you know. Scene. After credit scene or something, yeah. I've always called it like a burner, burner but you know, uh-huh. yeah, because it, it it you know makes you want to go see like the next movie. But they have a burner at the end of that Incredible Hulk where Iron Man, uh, Robert Downey Jr. talks with the general because the general is in was it Civil War or was it Winter Soldier or something? He was in one of them. And he's not a general general anymore. I think he's a senator or a commissioner or some shit. 
and he's in another MCU movie. So definitely the Edward Norton one is for sure in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though they replaced Edward Norton with Mark Ruffalo. Oh, whoo. Good, good, because uh, yeah, I, I there's not a lot of people in this movie, and it didn't seem like this was the normal, uh, uh, I don't know, Hollywood or normal uh, group of filmmakers. Well, and you know that's probably just the Netflix thing, because it seems like Netflix, even though there's some big names in this, you know, like uh, Clive Owen and uh, Amanda Seyfried. It still seems more of almost an indie movie. Um, the visuals were fantastic, though. The color palette was really good. It's really dark. It's really gloomy. The overlay is constantly like white. You don't ever really see any color in this movie. It's always just kind of like downtrodden. Yeah. So totally. I, I still think the production value was pretty good, but I would put this above an independent film but not quite at the level of like a major mainstream Hollywood movie. I still think it's higher up on the production scale than an indie though. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I think so too. I, I, I would, if I saw this in the theater, I would have thought it was a pretty good movie and I wouldn't have questioned where it came from. Didn't Netflix try to do that for a while or they're thinking about it or they were talking about it or something about bringing some of their films to the big screen. Yeah, they wanted to. Uh, the movie theaters are absolutely against it and refuse to show them. <laughs> of course, of course, because Netflix is, you know, clearly affecting a lot of their business. Not they're not the main factor of affecting their business, but they are definitely a proponent for sure. Yeah, uh, so they see them as a threat to their whole existence. So they seem to not be too thrilled to show any of their movies. Speaking of existence, Mike, uh, movie pass. What the f? Yeah, man. Um, sounds like uh, you you weren't able to use your movie pass this weekend. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit more about that? No, I. You know, that's one thing that pissed me off. Even if I wanted to use it to see Mission Impossible, I couldn't have used it to see Mission Impossible. It was one hundred percent blacked out on my app, and. Interestingly, they updated the app so I can actually search all the theaters in the state of Arizona. And I just was curious. And so I started looking at all the different like theaters, like the AMCs down in Phoenix. And um, uh, they have a picture show down in Phoenix, I think, or Paradise Valley or something. And I was looking at that one. Every single one of them, be it IMAX uh, or 3D or regular for Mission Impossible was blacked out. You could not see Mission Impossible at all this weekend on MoviePass. Huh. So I I think this is MoviePass is circling the drain. The the sharks are swimming. The sharks are surrounding MoviePass. I think it is going to be toast sooner than later, which brings me possibly to a next topic, which I guess we could discuss while we're recording is the possibility of us maybe doing like a Patreon or doing uh, sponsorships or advertising to try and help you and I offset the cost of seeing a new movie. Well, not a new movie, two new movies every week, because it uh, does add up after a while. And on top of our hosting 
the website hosting and the podcast hosting and our equipment costs. And, you know, yes, we are doing this podcast because we find it fun. I personally think leaving advertising out would be good. I, I don't really want to sit here and read an ad for all of you. But the, if it comes down to it, that's what we might have to do because I'm not rich. <laughs> and I would like to keep doing this. Uh, if it has to go down to one movie a week and we just always do a legacy cast or a tributary every week, then maybe that's how, what we'll have to do for a while. But I don't know. You know, if you have an opinion on this, send us an email. Uh, I would love to hear from any of you on this. If we should fire a Patreon, if you would contribute a dollar or two or three or ten a month or whatever so that Mike and I could go to the movies and so that we can keep doing the re- these reviews. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it does end up adding up uh, to go to the movies. Uh, you know, we've been averaging two movies a week for the last, I mean, at least since the summer began, which because of Marvel started yeah. uh, in April. Uh, so uh, we have been watching quite a few movies uh, every weekend or every every week. And, uh, you know, it, it, it adds up. What is your average, let's say, you go in the mornings, I know that. So let's say, Mike, what is your cost to go see a movie on a Saturday morning? Now, no no concessions, no drinks, because I usually don't do any of that. I'll get maybe a soda, but that's it. And I use my Harkins cup. What what does it cost you just for the ticket? Uh, if I go in the morning, they have like an early bird thing uh, Monday or on Friday, Saturday, Sunday at, at uh, local uh, Cinemark Theater. It is uh, six forty nine. No, oh, that's not bad. That's not too bad. But so you do you do uh, uh, two movies a week times four weeks times you know six dollars. You know, yeah, it's still a chunk of change, man. Now, I typically go to the night showings during the week because I try to avoid the crowds and I try to avoid that thing we've discussed before of having bad audience experiences. And so I usually try and go during the week and the cost to go during the week at Harkins or Picture Show here in the beautiful Quad City area is, I believe, $9. And so, you know, that would be $18 a week. So you're looking at almost $80 a month to go see movies for the podcast. Yeah, with with uh, Movie Pass, you were uh, offsetting that to be about $10, which well, is yes and why... no. Yes and no, because a lot of the movies that we have reviewed do not come to Picture Show, and I have paid out of my pocket to go see them at Harkins, which is no problem. I like going to Harkins. I think it's a great movie house. I wish they would do something like what AMC has. If Harkins came up with their own... Unlimited movie, whatever the hell they're calling it. Subscription stuff. Yeah. If Harkins would come up with something, I would probably jump off MoviePass in a heartbeat and join Harkins. As long as it was at least one to two movies a week. Even if it was just one movie a week and it was $10 a month, that still would cut my uh, cost in half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What I was going to say, Matt, earlier when you were talking about um, the cost of... of of uh, the tickets and then you going to so many movies. I think that's part of the reason that movie pass is, is failing is uh, 
so many people are doing that, not necessarily two movies a week, but maybe one movie a week or maybe two movies a month, that still doesn't cover, like, the, the they're losing money hand over fist. So uh, they actually ran out of money to pay their creditors on Thursday, right, Matt? Yeah, I don't know if it was their creditors. It was one of the companies that they use that runs the transactions of the physical card. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. It was their payment processing contractor or something. They one of them. Yeah, them. they have mul- they have multiple ones, but they they didn't they forgot to send the bill or whatever the hell kind of bullshit excuse they're going to come up with. And they basically just shut down MoviePass completely on Thursday. Like, no one could get a ticket anywhere. And MoviePass told everyone it was a technical problem, and then the stories came out Friday that it was not a technical problem. I mean, I guess it was. They didn't pay their bill. I I don't think seeing two movies a week is what's killing MoviePass. Yes, it's not helping. I think it's the people that are seeing, like, a movie every day that's really kind of destroying the movie pass idea yeah but i mean do you think these people have jobs or like how could you see a movie every day or families or any other know, kind man. of responsibility they, <laughs> it could it could be you know a family using one card how do they know how do they know here here little billy take my credit card go ahead and go pay for this movie at movie pass see ya and well, then the next day, yeah. little Sally will do it or whatever. Yeah. It could be someone doing that. Or it could just be a homeless person sleeping in the theater. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I think it's quite reasonable to think that somebody could see a movie a week. But going more than that is like, wow. Uh, with AMC's uh, service, I believe it's $20 a month. And you are allowed to see three movies a week and you can see premium format movies, which is like IMAX or 3D or whatever they have. Their Dolby Super Premium Platinum Double Gold Platinum Triple Edition. Wow, that was a freaking mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I wish like I wish we had an AMC here. If we had an AMC here, I would drop MoviePass because I think AMC... It's just a all-around better deal, and it would cover my needs. And I don't even give a crap about, like, I guess there's a, uh, you get a discount on concessions or something. I don't give a crap about that, you know? I, I yeah. think AMC is reasonable. It's $20 a month, and even if they cut it down to only two movies a week, or hell, even one movie a week at $20 a month, that's still saving me quite a bit of money. Yeah, yeah. But like you pointed out, when MoviePass goes tits up, which it's doing, AMC will probably uh, fix their rates on their pass, possibly, or cut it down to maybe one movie or whatever. Yeah, I believe that they were just doing that in response to MoviePass, and with the demise of MoviePass, chances are the service will change uh, to be more expensive or they'll cut back the movies. I mean, even if it was one movie a week... That's still awesome. One movie a week for 20 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah, well, at my rate, that's still saving me $16 because it would be $36 for four movies a month. And to think like a movie pass it looks like their demise is imminent. They only had 3 million people that, that was able to, to, to knock them down. But, you know, it's probably the three million most hardcore movie fans, which is probably working against them. 
Yeah, I would say so. So, all right. Well, to get back on topic, Mike, I guess we probably should wrap this up. I think we're going kind of long, but you know, for I'm sure there's quite a few of you that listen to this podcast that are like me that uh, use Movie Pass to at least see one or two movies a month, maybe more, which is fine. That's what it's intended for. So you're probably interested on why the hell can't I see Mission Impossible yet? Well, now you know. Movie Pass screwed the pooch. Yep. So, Matt, with that, what is your rating for Anon? I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fan-frickin-tastic. I give Anon four out of five reels. I think if you were a sci-fi person, if you're a technology person, if you just like trippy movies that predict the future, this is a must-see. Uh, I have to agree with you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it a little lower, uh, but still pretty pretty high. I'm gonna do uh, a three and a half uh, reels because, uh, like you said, uh, this is this is great sci-fi. Like I know uh, Netflix invested a lot of money into making some newer sci-fi stuff, and uh, you know if they keep making things like this. Uh, I think it's only gonna get better, and uh, I'm. I liked it, and I, I, I think everybody should, uh, should watch it if you have access to Netflix because uh, it's awesome. I guess on that note, you know, uh, email us. Let us know if you think we should fire up a Patreon if you're going to give us money, or uh, if you're even going to email us would be nice. Like uh, this tributary thing. Uh, do you want us to do TV shows? I, I mean, if we do TV shows, it might be hard to do it in a half hour. But uh, I think we might be able to swing it maybe 45 minutes. I don't know. Uh, maybe we should do TV shows for that. I don't know. I, I would, if we're going to do TV shows, I would rather do like original TV shows than, uh, you know, something like Breaking Bad or, you know, something that was on a network that got put on to Netflix. I'd rather do stuff that's only available on those particular services. But that's my thoughts. I don't know. Email us. Let us know uh, what you think. And if you need the email, it is... Uh, nerds at realfilmnerds.com and real is spelled r-e-e-l all right well other than that i don't think i have anything else what about yourself mike uh nope nope uh i'm just uh glad to be here and uh thanks everyone for uh listening uh and welcome new uh listeners Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now go out and catch a movie.